Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Rebel News live stream on this, a Thursday, February 24th, 2022. I'm David Menzies and my co-host. Well, let me tell you about my co-host. You know, if she were a Star Trek fan, her phasers would always be set on fun. See what I did there? She is the she-devil with a sword. She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. How you doing there, Sheila? David, I'm great, but I thought you were going to say the phasers are going to be set to stunning, and then I got fun. Oh. But okay, that's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's funny you should mention that. That was my original thought, Sheila. But you know, with uh, human resources being what they are in uh, uh, 2022, I didn't want to dare uh, set off fine. a complaint process. <laughs> <laughs> David, what would I I'm do without great. Rebel How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you doing? You're finally home. Finally home, I'll, I'll tell you something. Uh, is Ottawa the coldest capital city in the world? No. Every time. I'm, I, I'm from near Edmonton, so no. It's no, a national not. capital. I mean, there's Moscow. Oh, yeah, then definitely it is. Yeah. It is. Maybe, but then I, I'm not sure what the average temperature is for Moscow. But uh, I'll tell you, Sheila, every time we go there, um, it is just frigid. All three weekends – we're so frigid. It seems that the, the weather improves after the weekend. But Ottawa, um, I got to tell you, uh, it did not resemble Ottawa, Ontario, Canada in 2022. It resembled more like East Berlin circa 1946. Roadblocks everywhere, something like 100 checkpoint Charlies, uh, steel fencing. It, the perverse irony here, Sheila, is the convoy is long gone. The big rigs are long gone. The demonstrators are long gone. And yet Ottawa is more blockaded than when they were there the three weeks. Uh, getting around that city is a nightmare. It's three times the travel time. Um, and it's getting worse. On Friday, when we got there, they merely wanted to see, say, your confirmation of a hotel reservation for exactly. Uh, for example, now the coppers phone the front desk. And I thought, oh, my God, you know, because I could hear on the, the cop cell phone, your call is very important to us. <laughs> That's why we're going to make you wait in minus 20 wind chill weather for, uh, oh, a half hour or so. It It is incredible. And for, of course, an emergency that does not exist. Even Justin Trudeau had his come to Jesus moment on that one uh, last night. So, uh, Sheila, it is um, it is absolutely shocking uh, what has happened to that city because of the wounded ego of one man who is basically the laughingstock of the world right now? Uh, yeah, we were talking to Alexa this morning in our morning meeting, and she said the fences are still up, the checkpoints are still there. Um, so it seems as though the Ottawa Stasi don't want to give their power back. The emergency never existed. It never existed. But even Justin Trudeau had to admit that the emergency as he saw it was over. But I think the emergency that caused Justin Trudeau to invoke the Emergencies Act, that's nowhere near over. It has to do with polling. Um, however, the fences are still up. Yep. The, the truckers are gone, as you say. The emergency is officially over, if you take Justin Trudeau's word for it. The first thing that should have happened was that those fences should have come down. This is more 
political theater. This is just like when they left the January 6th fence up in D.C. for months and months and months and months because, you know, they had to show, you know, if this were an emergency or in that case, if this were an insurrection, the threat is always there. It's just right around the corner. And that's what they're doing here. Oh, you and Alexa are so right, Sheila. And, you know, uh, yesterday afternoon, uh, myself, Maurizio and Lincoln, we tried to deliver the petition from our viewers, uh, more than 80,000 signatures, more than 900 pages of petition. Yeah. And we went to the Senate where literally behind the walls, the debate was going on regarding the Emergencies Act. Uh, Trudeau didn't do that, hadn't done that stunning about face yet. And the police uh, would not let us in. Uh, clearly, we're not going to the Senate wearing trouble on our shirts. We're not demonstrators. We're not truckers. Um, but the answer was no. And the Senate is part of the cradle of our democracy. And we have, as you say, the Stasi uh, saying, um, beat it, your persona non grata. And I said to the RCMP officer that was uh, giving us the bums rush, Sheila, as I looked out at the streets of Ottawa from around the Senate building, which were uber quiet. I mean, it's Ottawa is almost a ghost town in certain areas of its downtown. I said, sir, could you kindly tell me where or what the emergency is? And he had no comment. And, uh, you know, uh, please address your queries to media relations. It's unbelievable. I mean, like, <laughs> there's no emergency. The, the emergency is us, members of the media, trying to deliver a petition, Sheila. The emergency is that Steve Bell fancies himself to be the new Eric Mike. Glee, Mylkey, Mylkey, Eric Mylkey. He was the head of the Stasi police for, <laughs> I guess, the entire time that the Stasi was in existence. Um, yeah, he was the head of the Stasi from 1957 until the fall of the Berlin Wall. That's who he fancies himself to be. He loves his fences. He loves his tyranny. He loves his jackboots. Um, he doesn't love telling the truth when it comes to the treatment of protesters or the behavior of his cops. Um, he was appointed, I think, after the other police chief decided, I'm not going to do the terrible things to these people that the government is asking me to do. He's the guy who was willing to do it, and he doesn't want to give away that power. It's just like watching the health bureaucrats hang on desperately to mandates that don't do anything. He's doing the exact same thing. These guys are professional bureaucrats. And if I learned anything about bureaucrats over the last two years, it's that they love unearned power and unaccountability, and they are never going to give it up until you snatch it from them. You know, you're, you're so right. And Sheila, you know, on Sunday, we went to that press conference uh, with interim chief uh, Steve Bell. And shockingly, really shockingly, when I asked him the query, how did my colleague and dear friend Alexa Lavoie <laughs> no get shot by a tear gas canister at point blank. Uh, he, You compared him to the Stasi head. I compare him to a fictional character from Hogan's Heroes, namely Sergeant Schultz. I know nothing. I saw nothing. Um, meanwhile, this is getting international publicity. Just before that press conference, Alexa was interviewed by a crew from uh, Russia TV, RT, yeah. And somehow the chief of police of Ottawa 
doesn't know about this. And then, as you saw, Sheila, he closes the press conference. And I told um, Alexa <laughs> and Guillaume, I said, if I was writing this, I, I couldn't script it any better. He wanted right. to applaud uh, the media, which he, by that he means the mainstream media for doing such a stellar job. And also, some of them were subjected to slurs. Um, so God forbid soy boy uh, Evan Solomon has his uh, feelings and sensibilities hurt. And there are investigations already under a, under a way, Sheila, for sensitive journalists getting verbal abuse from the demonstrators. But yep. he doesn't know anything about a discharge of a firearm at point blank. That's incredibly serious. That's a real assault. And I'll tell you, Sheila... If that canister was shot at Alexa's head instead of her thigh, maybe we're having a yeah. different discussion uh, today, God forbid. That was absolutely reckless. And for him to say, or more likely for him to pretend he didn't know about it because it wasn't Rosemary Barton at the CBC that got shot. It was Alexa Lavoie of Rebel News. Could you imagine? Oh, <laughs> well, you know, I was, was going to say something Holy mean cow. there. <laughs> I'll, I'll self-censor myself. but I do uh, it all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it, it, it's sad. It's it's a disgrace. And, um, uh, and right now, why are those... And by the way, it's not just steel fences, Sheila. Part of the carnage of the new and improved so-called police blockade are giant cement blocks at strategic uh, intersections. And... I don't know what for. Everyone's out of town. And by the way, even though they are out of town, I went to a truck sanctuary uh, a few days ago where they were. This is private property, Sheila. They were offering a place for the truckers to go and get free repairs, to get food, to have a shower. And the OPP came to harass the owner of this private property without a warrant, I might add. Yeah. I don't know if she thought the Emergencies Act precludes that. Maybe it does. I better read the fine print. And he told her to vamoose. But the point I'm getting at, Sheila, this was about half an hour outside of Ottawa, this uh, several acre large uh, sanctuary. So it's not good enough that these big rig drivers are out of Ottawa proper. What do they want? They want them out of the province. They want them yeah. out of the country. You know, so yeah, could you get the hell out of our great dominion? Meanwhile, uh, Roxham Road, Fully open right now as we speak to illegal aliens. Uh, no problem. The RCMP turned into the Royal Canadian Bellhop Police as they tote their bags in. Are, again, Sheila, are we living in the bizarro Superman world right now? Not even Roxham Road. Ottawa is open to illegal migrants. Yeah. it's a, Well, I'm not sure it's official, but there's a good faction of city council who, again, I will say look exactly how you think they would look, who, <laughs> who are very pro making Ottawa a sanctuary city. And those are the same shrieking voices saying, get these truckers out of our city. They don't belong here. You, these Canadian citizen truckers that keep you alive every single day. Yeah, let's get them out of our city. But you people who didn't even have the respect for the country that you're planning to live in to come in through the front door, you get on over here, you big lugs. Welcome to Ottawa. And folks, if you think Sheila Gunn-Reed is exaggerating by stating truckers keep you alive, if you are alive, thank a trucker. 
Uh, Tucker Carlson said it so well. These are the guys that bring the groceries to the supermarket. They bring the medicine to the pharmacies. How the hell do you think it gets there? Um, it is through the truckers. And these are the ones you're vilifying and demonizing. I'll tell you, Sheila, I would love if it was only possible the trucking community to do a blockade of deliveries to the city of Ottawa because within 48 hours when the shelves are depleted, oh boy, I wonder if city council and the woke members of the capital city are then going to vilify and demonize the truckers when their bellies start to rumble. Yeah, once the kale stocks and the avocado supplies dwindle <laughs> to dangerous levels, we will see absolute mayhem. We'll see people slapping and scratching at each other because they can't do anything more vigorous with regard to physical activity. Um, you know, we should tell everybody what we're doing here because we're sure. 13 minutes into the show. We haven't done that. And we have some... Uh, unfinished business from yesterday because Ezra and I went live yesterday to discuss Trudeau blinking. The truckers made him blink. Also, I think, I don't think the Senate, I don't think they would have gotten enough votes in the Senate to block the uh, emergencies act from being, you know, permanently in place for 30 days. Sure, just 30 days. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, I think that there would have been enough liberal senators breaking ranks with the party quite thoughtfully that it would have been catastrophically embarrassing uh, to Justin Trudeau. So that's why I think before they were able to do their final votes and final debate, he was like, ah, better yank that out of there um, and save a little bit of face and look like a reasonable person as though that wasn't that didn't evacuate the building quite a while ago. You know, Sheila, what we saw yesterday, I think the metaphor I liken it to is it's uh, a bunch of kids having a baseball game and the kid that owns the ball realizes in the bottom of the inning uh, they're, <laughs> they're going to lose, so he decides to take yeah. the ball and go home and he's content with uh, a tie. Um, I think one of the turning points, uh, forgive me, I can't remember his name, but it was an independent senator that was appointed by Justin Trudeau. Independent. Who, yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, but that's how they describe him, former judge, who wanted nothing to do with this. And I think when yeah. Trudeau got whiff of that, um, I'm not so sure this would get the rubber stamp. Uh, you know, finally, this uh, might have been the one time the Senate actually justified its existence, uh, not as just being an assembly of yes men and women, but taking a stand for democracy and our freedoms. Uh, I'm not so sure, even with all the packed liberals in there, this would have gone through. I think that's the real reason uh, Trudeau took his ball and went home and uh, proclaimed victory. Yeah, the Senate's a very weird place these days since, uh, can you just stop for a second? Let's look at how crazy this is. <laughs> it used to just be liberals and liberal senators and conservative senators. Now, because Justin Trudeau unbridled them, at least on the liberal side from partisanship, so he says, we've got the progressive Senate group now. We've got the Canadian senators group, which is... Uh, 
people who were conservative, who left the conservative party and liberals who left the liberal party, those might be the actual only independents in there. And then there's the conservatives. And then there are the independent senators, which are just liberal senators who can't use the name liberal because Justin Trudeau said, no, you guys, I said you're not partisan anymore, even though they vote with the party all the time. So it's a weird place there now. And it's a real mixed bag. And you you can pretty well predict how things are going to go, but not this time. I think this was just such an extraordinary circumstance. And Justin Trudeau was so extraordinary, extraordinarily tyrannical. And the actions of the police were just so visibly terrible that I don't think many senators could have put their name to that. Continuing for 30 days. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that, Sheila. And uh, by the way, folks, <clears throat> we're still going to get that big box of your names, uh, more than 80,000 of you that signed the petition um, decrying uh, the invocation of the Emergencies Act. And I think the way we're going to do it, Sheila, is just go to Canada Post, whatever they're charging, because get a load of this, folks. Off camera, as they're preventing Lincoln and Maurizio and myself from getting past uh, the checkpoint, Charlie, the Canada Post guy just sails right on through. Easy peasy, no problem. So I guess... Our, the RCMP considered us to be, I don't know, three quarters of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and we couldn't deliver our mail to the Senate, but somebody with a Canada Post logo on his uh, shoulder, yeah, nothing to see here, folks. I guess that's what we should have done, uh, Sheila. We sh instead of showing our media credentials, we should have worn a Canada Post jacket, and that gets us in past this uh, draconian security there. I'm full of jokes about how terrible Canada Post is right now. Like, I just, I'm trying to, again, this is one of the times where I want to keep it to myself. But, I mean, you could mail it, and yeah. we could have it there by the next pandemic. Um, also, we'd have to do a crowdfund for just how much mailing a stack of paper costs if you go through Canada Post these days. Anyways, yeah. now we're at... 1018 my time and I still haven't told everybody what we are doing. So this is the Rebel News daily live stream. Hopefully you figured that out by now. Uh, it used to just be hosted on Friday by Ezra Levant, but then the pandemic struck. And obviously, obviously, there's more news than ever. Sometimes we do two live streams when news breaks. Um, but because it used to just be on YouTube, we we've had to make some adjustments because once Biden got elected, Big tech didn't have to pretend anymore and the mask slipped and we were completely demonetized by YouTube. And YouTube has put in all these onerous restrictions about what we can and can't say. So there may come a time in today's broadcast where we cut YouTube because we're getting into like dangerous territory. And I don't want to be the one that ruins our channel and gets us cut off from nearly 1.6 million YouTube subscribers. Although David's on the air with me today, so I might be able to get away with blaming him. So anyway, <laughs> we will don't. cut the, we will cut the feed at one point. And we want to encourage you, if you are watching us on YouTube, maybe consider migrating over to one of the more free speechy, that's not a real word, platforms. Uh, where we are simultaneously streaming. So those are Getter, which is a new one for us. Rumble, Odyssey, and Super U. And those last three, Rumble, Odyssey, and Super U, give you the opportunity to support us completely willingly uh, by means of a paid chat. Um, Rumble, Rant, Odyssey, Hyper Chat, Super U, Shout. If you do that, uh, 
Mr. Producer will send them to me in a message and David and I will do our best to read your comment on air and address your query or question or story ID to us. And with all that being said, we've got a few from yesterday that we need to tidy up because Ezra and I were streaming yesterday as the news broke. But I had to, because it was sort of uh, impromptu, I did have other places that I needed to be, namely my daughter's basketball practice. So we had to leave before I could finish reading the chats. But we promised our viewers that we would get to the chats. So we're going to get to them today because uh, I'm a woman of my word. So these are some of the chats that we'll read right now that came in last night about the Emergencies Act. And then we'll move on to the news of the day because, you know, I think there's other stuff happening in the world. I, I hear there's a war breaking out yeah. um, in the former Soviet Union. So we'll get to that, too. So first chat uh, from RJ Cat gave us a hundred bucks last night. I'm very sorry we didn't get to this then. It says keep up the great work. We definitely will. Well, that's my kind of cat. <laughs> I like that cat better than trans cat. What do you think about that, Sheila Gunn-Reed? Trans cat's still my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a joke there. <laughs> it's a real inside joke. Uh, Juice Moose gives us five bucks. If they use the hacked list, this is the federal government giving it to the banks to freeze people's bank accounts then should they not be charged with being in possession of stolen property? There's a lot of things that the federal has uh, that are not technically legal. I, but where what are the consequences for them? What are they going to do? Investigate themselves? I think actually Justin Trudeau said that yesterday. And I'm like, oh, okay. So you're going to do an investigation about why we made you do this thing to us because we didn't listen the first time. Seems reasonable. He's going to do an investigation into... Um, why he had to use the Emergencies Act to deal with peaceful citizens. I can't even imagine how that's going to turn out. And more disturbingly, Sheila, we have seen law enforcement breaking the law to allegedly enforce oh, sure. the law. Our, uh, that wonderful report from last, well, it was a, a despicable report, but um, great journalism by Sid Fazard near the Coots border, where he proved that RCMP officers deliberately damaged three heavy excavators to the tune of more than $100,000. And in Ottawa, I did a piece that's on the website, folks. Uh, Jim Zinger of Medicine Hat, Alberta, uh, he had his rig, first of all, vandalized by the Antifa types, tire slashed, um, shotgun uh, shells uh, in the cab, uh, all kinds of graffiti. And But here's the thing. He was parked legally on private property, wasn't honking his horn, wasn't blocking an intersection, wasn't in a no-stopping zone, nothing like that. The owner of the private parking lot did not call police to tow him away. And the reason why he was still there was he needed a mobile repair uh, crew to come and replace the tires that had been slashed. That wasn't good enough for the police who got a heavy tow dispatched and then are currently holding the truck for seven days. Why? I don't know why. Maybe to financially discipline him because Jim will be on the hook for both the heavy tow and seven days worth of storage. How the hell does anyone think that's good policing? You know, we try to back the blue here, Sheila, but it's getting really hard these days when you see uh, in Alberta, the RCMP turning into vandals and in Ottawa, the cops turning into thieves. 
Mr. Producer says we've got a ton of comments coming in, so we're going to do our best to blast through at least last night's and and before we start spending time on the new ones. Um, a big bear seventy four. Gives us 20 bucks. Now the mandates must go and all of our rights and freedoms must be restored. I think that the convoy movement is not stopping. I'm sure there will be a convoy in Edmonton this weekend, and it's going to be just as big as ever, and it's going to be just as loud as ever, despite the fun burglar ban on honking that nobody seems to care about in Edmonton. <laughs> I, I honked at that sign that told me not to honk, and then I gave it the finger. I don't care. <laughs> does that no honking mandate, does that apply to geese? Sheila. Ah, David. I hope it applies to geese. That's the only people it should apply to. And geese aren't people. But yeah, it should apply to the geese and not the horns. Uh, Cheryl Don V gives us a buck. Do you think the Emergencies Act was brought in so Freeland could permanently change the Finstrat to seize funds in the future? Now it's not needed. You know, I remember back in 2016... Ezra did a story about the the federal government using the idea of just reaching into your bank account and just taking your money out Mm. for whatever they needed. And the banks were perfectly willing to go along with it. So this has been a long time in the making. And I think this was just the thing they needed to test the water. So dip their toe into the the, uh, financial system and see what they could do to change it, what they could get away with, and what the banks would comply with. And Sheila, you can almost argue twas ever thus in, in terms of certain sectors, such as the mainstream media. Uh, forever, uh, CBC to, uh, funded by taxpayer dollars to more than $1 billion a year. More recently, $600 million plus for the newspapers and magazines out there that the federal uh, liberals take a fancy to. And it's a, a direct withdrawal. If you don't like uh, the Toronto Star, the CBC, uh, too bad. Uh, we're taking your money anyways. And yeah. uh, so this is just really an extension of that, as far as I can tell. Yep. Uh, Torontonian... Gives us 30 bucks. Well, thanks so much. Never thought I would love the Senate. You know, every time I'm like, nuke that thing. We don't we don't need it. It's undemocratic. And um, we've done our best to reform it um, within the system here in Alberta. And Justin Trudeau just appoints the most useless people um, in spite of the democratic choices of Albertans, because we elect our senators uh, when we go to municipal elections. And then the tradition is that the federal government appoints who we've chosen to represent us. Justin Trudeau hasn't been doing that. He's been like, oh, you're useless and partisan. Perfect. Perfect liberal. Uh, oh, you're you're the only liberal left in Alberta. Perfect. You're appointed to the Senate. $170,000 a year for you. So that's what we're experiencing here. And But every time I think, let's get rid of the Senate, uh, there's a good senator. That, and I'm like, oh, that you're good. Like Denise Batters, who stood up yes. to Aaron O'Toole and was tossed out of caucus. And she's back in caucus now. She's the winner. Aaron's the loser. I'm team Denise. You know, and it's funny, Sheila, when people say, was the convoy a success or a failure? I say a success. Um, look at all the provincial lockdown mandates that are being reduced in their severity. Yes, they haven't been completely tossed out, which was one of the demands, but they've certainly, um, there's now deadlines for when they're leaving. And speaking of leaving, Aaron O'Toole, this was the last straw. 
You know, to this day, Sheila, I still don't know, going back more than three weeks when Aaron O'Toole was first asked about this, if he supports the convoy or not. And that tells you everything you need to know about Aaron Flip-Flop O'Toole. And he's gone. And, I, I, you know, uh, as far as I'm concerned, you could put a shave monkey uh, as head of the uh, Conservative Party of Canada. And it's an upgrade, uh, an upgrade compared to that guy. Oh, yeah. Aaron O'Toole was like, do I support the convoy? Hang on. Let me call the CBC and ask. Hi, CBC. <laughs> do I support the convoy? Is that cool? But I can change. Um, I can change. I, Le, please tell me what I should do. I will love you. I won't <laughs> beat you anymore. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Absolutely passionate. Gives us 20 bucks as liars have to censor the truth persuades. Yeah. Justin Trudeau has not learned um, anything about what's that quote? Uh, You can tear out a man's tongue, um, but you're not proving him a liar. You're telling the world that you fear what he might say. Uh, That's exactly what Justin Trudeau is doing with his censorship of the Internet. John T. Singus. Sorry, go ahead, David. Oh, I, d- I didn't know that saying. Is is that from Game of Thrones or something? Or George R. R. Martin. <laughs> it is. No. <laughs> J- no. <laughs> John T. Singus. No. <laughs> Not everything relevant came from Game of Thrones. Sometimes there's this other book called the Bible, and there's some pretty good quotes in there too. Um, John T. Singus gives us a buck. Madam X raised a tyrant. I th- are we referring to Margaret? Um, 10 different last names, but she goes no because that's the one that makes bank. Is that who you're talking about? Mad Max. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What are we going? Oh, yeah. Thank you. George R.R. Martin, Clash of Kings. How do you like that? I'm very smart. <laughs> um, <laughs> old Soul gives us a buck. Five, uh, sorry, Old Soul One gives us five bucks. The Canadian Parliament, all parties have been captured by the World Economic Forum. It must be exposed before they implement digital ID and financial and medically ex- enslave all of us. Have not they already done that? Yeah, what happened to Sunny Way, Sheila? <laughs> I'm waiting yeah. still. It's been like seven years. Pepper spray ways. <laughs> um, <laughs> David Bird, 14, 20 bucks. Banks need to be sued. Police need to be jailed for the harm they cause. Police brought guns to a hockey game. Look, I'm not against police carrying guns. I'm not. I'm I, I'm I'm pro firearm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> definitely. And police have a dangerous job to do. Um, and I'm not anti-cop. I know it's getting harder and harder, especially for Ezra to back the blue. I'm not anti-cop. I'm anti-bad cop yeah. because I'm so anti pro good cop. I don't like the idea of these parasitic bad cops getting away with their crappy, tyrannical, authoritarian behavior because they get to trade on the reputations built by good cops. That's what I don't like. And I can tell you something, Sheila, at the I'm going to give a shout out to one of the few downtown Ottawa restaurants that remained open throughout all this nonsense. It was a true sanctuary for people and uh, journalists to go in and warm up because it was just so frigid in Ottawa. And that's the Red Pepper. It's a um, a wonderful Thai restaurant. Great. You the just l- got them attacked by Antifa, David. Good work. Oh, no, no. I mean, they're near the corner of Queen and Bank. They're uh, wonderful food, <laughs> uh, low price, uh, great value. And I met, uh, the fellow recognized me. 
He was an RCMP officer. Naturally, I'm not going to give his name out because I don't want his career to be uh, uh, jeopardized. But he came to me and made the point that as a veteran RCMP officer, he was disgusted and shocked yeah. by what happened to me in December by his fellow RCMP members who were part of the uh, Trudeau uh, security detail at that Toronto restaurant. And you know what? That warmed my heart, Sheila, that this is not just an autonomous uh, squadron of robocops that all think alike. He was so sincere and uh, it, it almost makes up for what those thugs did to me by standing on a public sidewalk, hoping to ask uh, the prime minister a question. And you saw what happened. Uh, they grabbed me and, and bounced my head off a, off a fence for absolutely no reason whatsoever. But he spoke out against him and good on that. I wish I could identify him so people don't think I'm making this up. But there are good cops, even on rotten forces out there. Yeah, and I think the situation with police officers and I guess all of our public institutions, including universities, as if they could get worse. But I think they will, because we've pushed all the moral objectors out. Uh, normally, in normal times, those people end up in positions of management because they have this strong sense of right and wrong, of civil liberties, of, you know, they're anti-coercion, they're pro-freedom. They, they're the conscientious objectors to bad orders. Normally, those are the people that we put in positions of power. Uh, they, that's a leadership skill. Yep. Those people have been actively forced out of their jobs. They've been fired for that one quality, which makes them something that should be a leader. And how, I, so I worry about the future of these institutions. How sad, Sheila. Basically, what you're saying is wokeism and cancel culture have even come to the police forces. Well, and we're left with the worst of the worst. Yeah. We're left with the people who will go along to get along and do anything without objection. Yep. And so that's we're going to see more of what happened to Alexa and what happened to you when those are the cops left behind. Yeah. Uh, Lonsmos gives us five bucks. I think politicians have forgotten their job title is public servant. Lisa Proust. Hi, Lisa. Lisa, the super fan. Uh, she gives us 50 bucks. Boy, that's Thank generous, you. Lisa. This is for Alexa's defense. I'm beyond appalled for what happened to her. I met her and she is as amazing as everyone at Rebel. Love and admiration to Rebel News. You know, you guys have all had the pleasure of meeting Lisa in person, and I never have. I'm a little Not bit jealous. Only, yeah, yes, and Lisa's <laughs> absolutely right about Alexa. Uh, Alexa, folks, if you've never met her, that is a beautiful spirit. Uh, she is a warrior princess. Uh, she's a hard worker. I mean, even after she got shot, uh, she wasn't staying in hospital. She got right back out into the field. Um, Alexa is a gem. We're lucky to have her. And what happened to her is absolutely grotesque. And when I see her next, I want to find out now that um, interim chief Steve Bell knows about what happened to her. How's the investigation proceeding, Chief? Or are you too busy uh, investigating the slurs uh, thrown at uh, Evan Solomon of CTV? Hmm. That's what I want to know, Sheila. And I don't even think those were threats thrown at Evan Solomon. They were just no. mean. Yeah. <laughs> just just <laughs> mean. Like, 
like my Twitter mentions. Like that's what he was getting, but in real life. Yeah. Who cares? Um, we'll get we'll do uh, one more uh, chat that okay. just came in today, and then we'll go to the news of the day because, um, as some of you may or may not know, war is breaking out in yes. Ukraine. So we'll talk about that. Um, and we we talked sort of a little bit about our editorial position on this in the morning meeting and. We're anti-invasion. I think that's where we're at. Um, we're neither anti-Russia or anti-Ukraine or anything like that. I'm pro-sovereignty, which is why I'm really worried about Taiwan, which is why I objected to the communist takeover of Hong Kong, which is why I'm pro-Israel. Uh, I'm pro-sovereign nation, sovereign people. Uh, DJ Weeks gives us $200. Boy, that's Thank very you. generous. That's very generous. Real news is here. Good work. Well, I thank you very much. Solid <laughs> use of the gifts, uh, Mr. Producer. <laughs> now, I, I think maybe we should talk about the news of the day. I'll just scroll yes. back up to where we were. Uh, what did we have first on the list? Um, I, I think, think we covered you that, know what? the Emergency Act being done, but uh, certainly the Russian invasion. And you know what? Uh, you know, Sheila, you and I, uh, we're, we can't pretend to be experts when it comes to no. uh, Russian Ukraine. But uh, the angle I pursue is how is the information being uh, portrayed? I listened to a appalling roundtable on News Talk 1010 early this morning in which uh, the panelists all put in their two cents worth on Russian uh, Ukraine and basically saying such profound statements as, isn't it shocking? And then coming to the uh, a conclusion, it's Donald Trump's fault. Just absolutely amazing. What's incredible is that if there is someone in the Western world to blame, it is that doddering fool in the White House right now, yep. President Biden. Um, the amazing thing is uh, Putin uh, and presumably Xi, which uh, undoubtedly has his eyes on uh, Taiwan right now, they know there's a weakling in the White House. The world sure. was so safe uh, for four years from 2016 to 2020 when uh, Donald Trump was in power. And it's directly related to what's going on. One of the issue, one of the uh, incredible achievements of Donald Trump was U.S. Uh, energy independent for the first time in 70 yep. years, actually yep. exporting energy. That's over yep. now. In fact, last year, I believe uh, America bought something like 232 million barrels of oil from the Soviet Union or Freudian slip from Russia. And here's the thing, Sheila, we are in the West and even Canada has imported uh, Russian oil. We are funding Putin to go on this yes. uh, invasion. Look what's happened to energy prices. Just uh, heard an interview with Dan McTague, the former liberal. Don't hold that against him, folks. He's a classical liberal. He now is a, an energy <laughs> walk uh, um, watchdog. And he says by Saturday, prices uh, are going to go up by at least seven or eight cents. Forget about $100 barrel oil. It's going to $130 barrel oil. And the biggest beneficiary of this is guess who? The invaders from Russia. So because of this green movement, this war on climate change, that yeah. is directly uh, what is enabling Russia 
to, I mean, in Europe, Sheila, I understand energy prices in the last couple of years tripled, right? And yeah. most of the European nations are completely dependent on Russia. And you even have um, the likes of John Kerry. Uh, did you see that item, Sheila, where he's oh, worried? We're going to show it. Yeah. yeah. We're going to show it. We got a video clip of just how bad this is. Because, again, that's where I am on this. Yeah. I'm anti-war. I'm anti-invasion. I'm pro-leaving Ukraine alone. Yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with where I am in the world, in Canada, who my neighbors are and why they came to be. So I have a, a very specific worldview on this. Um, so I think, though, the same people who are on the American left who are all of a sudden war hawks, by the way, where they're like, no, we have to like send another generation of American young men and women to die on foreign soil fighting a war that isn't theirs. Um, they they enabled much of this through climate policy. And people often ask me, Sheila, why do you care so much about the carbon tax and climate policy and and the Green New Deal and all of this is because what's happening in Russia is completely enabled by the green left. Yep. Um, and it goes way back to when Russia was funding anti-fracking campaigns in yep. North America to protect their market share of the natural gas that Europe consumes. That enabled and enriched the Russian war machine. So good job, AOC types. Yeah. Um, this is on you. You know, like... You could easily offset all the Russian oil bought by the U.S. by just letting Keystone go ahead. Yeah, just let Keystone go ahead. But Biden and the environmental green left, they chose Moscow over Calgary. Yep. That's what they did. And they chose virtue signaling over reality. They chose inflation uh, over stability. And that was the first order of business President Biden did, wasn't it, uh, Sheila? Kill Keystone XL, right? Yeah. The very first thing he did, it was the first thing he did is he revoked the permit on the very nearly finished, yeah. completely ready to just flip the switch, uh, Keystone XL pipeline. And then just a few short months later, what did he do? Go groveling to OPEC. Yeah. The dictators of the world for more blood oil, for more war oil. Because, again, he chooses Riyadh, he chooses Caracas, he chooses Moscow over Calgary and Fort McMurray. And Sheila, how does that help the war on climate change just by replacing the destination from which the oil is coming from? You're still consuming the same amount of oil, right? In fact, you could argue it's worse because the transportation costs to get those barrels of oil across the ocean, there's a carbon footprint associated with that. So it doesn't make sense. Well, Canadian expat oil workers, you know exactly what I'm talking about here. If you have worked in Russia, if you've worked in Kazakhstan, if you've worked in the Middle East, you know what their standards are like for on-site environmental management. You know just how terrible it is. So if you really care about tangibly the environment, and you would it, not want yeah. any oil from them at all. And if you don't know, please go and read our boss's wonderful book, Ethical Oil, 
uh, which will tell you all you need to know about the ethically sourced oil in Canada versus what is coming from some of those dictatorships, as Sheila mentioned. Do we have that John Kerry clip? Because this oh, is really beautiful. unbelievable. Mr. Producer, do we have that? There we go. Oh, we got some background feedback there, Sheila. So uh, we're going to try to we'll wait till uh, we sort that out because that was really something else. Mr. John Kerry takes the private jet, uh, by the way, to COP24, whatever it is I covered. Uh, in terms of international law and trying to change boundaries of international law by force. Uh, I thought we lived in a world that had said no to that kind of activity, and I hope diplomacy will win. But massive uh, emissions consequences to the war, but equally importantly, you're going to lose people's focus. You're going to lose certainly big country attention because they will be diverted, and, and uh, I think it could have a damaging impact. So, you know, I think hopefully President Putin would realize that in the northern part of his country, they used to live on 66% of a nation that was over frozen land. Now it's thawing. And his infrastructure is at risk. And the people of Russia are at risk. And so I hope President Putin will help us to stay on track with respect to what we need to do for the climate. So, Sheila, John Kerry is saying that the real bad fallout of the Russian invasion of uh, Ukraine is not the slaughter of innocents, which is going to happen and is happening as we speak. But we are diverting our attention from the real war, the war on climate change. You know, John, don't worry, because I have it on good authority that many of those Russian tanks, they're plug-in hybrids, and some have solar panels on them. And I saw one photograph of a Russian tank on top of the turret. It had a windmill going. Yeah, so it is an ethically sourced uh, climate change kind of war. Give me, what kind of an idiot is this, Sheila? But it speaks to where the Democrats are, where the left is in terms of virtue signaling versus reality. He said before anything else, before he talked about the human cost, that was the very last thing he mentioned in that clip, by the way, the Russian people. The first thing he said was, we have to think about the emissions consequences of a war, <laughs> as in the bombing and the, I guess, diesel powered tanks and trucks. They are going to cause a rise in emissions yeah. in Ukraine. And so that's the real problem here. And it, yeah, it's going to this all this distraction happening in Ukraine, this, you know, the re-energization of the Soviet Union and the extinguishment of or the extinguishing of uh, Ukrainian sovereignty after a generation. That's not the real problem here. The real problem is it's taking people off the eye, their eye off the prize of fighting climate change. Um, it, there were, I think, 40 Ukrainian soldiers killed last night. 40 it could be more, but that was and one one sort of skirmish battle. I thought it was 40 Ukrainian soldiers. Those were an afterthought. The people of Russia were an afterthought because uh, Mr. Melted Candle Face Ketchup Prince, he's mad um, because we're not paying attention to climate change anymore. He's still married to the Ketchup Princess, right? Oh, the Heinz lady. 
Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And he does and, look like a melted candle more than ever, by the way. His face is just like falling off. No, uh, you're so right. Um, somewhere Al Gore and David Suzuki and Greta Thunberg weep. And it's not over bloodshed. It is over the carbon emissions that come from a war. You know, it it, it's a, it proves my uh, theory, Sheila, why Mad Magazine went out of business in 2019. It used to be a license to print money, but you cannot parody the world anymore. It is self-parody. Uh, there's no use uh, in going to a, a journal like that uh, for satire. Uh, the front page of any newspaper today is satire. Um, sorry, yeah, Sheila, you were going to say something there? No, I was just actually going to send something to Mr. Producer in case oh. people think I'm crazy because they think I'm crazy sometimes. When I talk about uh, Russia funding the anti-fracking movement in the United States, because people say, Sheila, that's a conspiracy theory. And uh, why would this pro-natural gas country fund people opposed to natural gas in the United States? Well, it's because Russia was trying to protect its market share because the Russian war machine is funded by they're uh, by uh, really by Germany buying the bulk of their natural gas. Um, and they didn't want fracking to boom in the United States um, so that they could, you know, use liquefied natural gas, put it in a cargo ship and just send it across the ocean to European consumers. Russia funded environmental groups. They gave millions to anti-fracking groups in the United States. Yep. Um, and there's... This is from, I think, the Washington Examiner. There's plenty of evidence in the form of tang of a tangible money trail. And this is another thing. This is why we really have to be cautious of foreign funding that is going to environmental NGOs in Canada because it could be coming directly from the Russians. And that's the real Russian collusion that nobody's talking about. Yeah. They're talking about the fake stuff with Donald Trump. And it's like, actually, Russia is funding the opposition to our jobs here in Alberta. But the people who look for Russians under every bed, they don't care because uh, the ends justify the means for them. Um, but they said Russia benefits from stirring up controversy about U.S. energy production. U.S. energy exports to European countries are increasing, which means they will have less reason to rely on Russia for their energy needs. This in turn will reduce Russia's influence on Europe to Russia's detriment and Europe's benefit. That's why Russian agents attempted to manipulate Americans' opinions about pipelines, fossil fuels, fracking and climate change. The American people deserve to know if what they see on social media is the creation of a foreign power seeking to undermine our domestic energy policy. Absolutely. You know who did more for Russia than anybody? Greta Thunberg. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in second place is uh, Joe Biden, I would say, uh, Sheila. The um, It's so sad, as I mentioned, under Donald Trump, uh, U.S. had energy independence. Here in Canada, we have what? The third largest reserves in the world, Sheila, when it comes to uh, oil and gas. And it is locked because our virtue signaler in Ottawa, Justin Trudeau, it, again, uh, his wokeism will not let us develop our own resources and be free of oil from dictatorships that you see uh, around the world that uh, tend to have oil reserves. And we're, we've got the third largest oil reserve in the world. Uh, you know what? I, I, it's so frustrating, Sheila. And, and especially, I can only imagine, like you're out in oil country, you're out in Alberta. Um, 
how the workers, how the the blue collar guys that are going out there and doing that incredibly hard work in harsh conditions, how they must feel by these nitwit leaders uh, preventing them from extracting this incredible mineral wealth that uh, would not be fueling Vladimir Putin's war against Ukraine. You know, I am just continuing down this Washington Examiner article, and it is really something else. So they've identified the congressional investigators. So this is just not just speculation garnered on the Internet. Congressional investigators have identified the Sea Change Foundation from San Francisco, where all of these places are headquartered. (laughs) They've been identified as a major conduit for Russian funding. Then this thing acts as the Tides Foundation, which that will actually come up later on. The organization, Sea Change Foundation, has given out $400 million between 2007 and 2015, but it continues to operate in the shadows. Much of Sea Change's funding came from the Simons Foundation. Um, and then the Sea Change Foundation has donated to several environmental groups that have worked to block fracking and pipeline construction. And then it says that Sea Change gave $8 million to the Tides Foundation. So they're drawing a straight line from Sea Change to Tides. Tides dumps money into Canada to block Canadian pipelines. And this is the Russian collusion that nobody is talking about because they're like, Donald Trump, Donald Trump didn't wasn't hard enough on Russia. Well, Russia minded its own business when Donald Trump was in power. What's happening now? It sure was. That's the real Russian collusion. It's on the left, Sheila, as opposed to the bogus Russian collusion with Donald Trump, which has already been debunked for a couple of years now. And still they maintain this narrative. I heard it this morning. This is all Donald Trump's fault, thanks to Russian collusion. These people must think the Easter Bunny's real, too. If there are any kids uh, viewing, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I think it was the Red Deer police gave the Easter Bunny uh, uh, an anti-lockdown ticket, or at least an Easter Bunny event, an anti-lockdown ticket here in no. Alberta. So fightthefines.com. Yeah, <laughs> we did. <laughs> we are helping the Easter Bunny event. Uh, anyways, let's get to these because Mr. Producer says we've got a ton of chats okay. coming in. Uh Harper will always be my PM, gives us five bucks. Best duo on live TV. Well, thank you very much. I did have some Skype problems there. I think that Russia is attacking Elon Musk and my Starlink, maybe. Uh, Russia will be another thing. Joey will add to his accomplishments of F-ups, and he's not even halfway through his term. The U.S. cannot even fix simple border issues or out-of-control crime in the U.S. Yeah. And meanwhile, Sheila, I understand in certain uh, regions in California, gas is now at six bucks a gallon. Oh, you know what, though? It's going to be a good year for our oil patch friends here in Alberta. Well, that's true. Um, With the price of oil so high. I always say, you know what? When we're talking about our big dreams here, me and my husband, what we're going to do, like, this year we buy a new combine. And we always say, next boom, next boom. We'll do it the next boom. This might be our next boom. Sheila, will it be a plug-in hybrid combine? <laughs> no, we want it to work. So, uh, Lisa Proust, 
Prost, Bruce, sorry, Lisa, you told me how to say it once. I'm sorry. Uh, five bucks. Love you both. Kindly read my donation from last night. Re beautiful Alexa. We did. We did. And thank you so much for your support all the time, Lisa. Harper will always be my PM gives us five bucks and says, I think G me too is also watching how Joey will F this up. So he knows if he hits Taiwan, nothing will happen. I can't see how anyone looks at JT baby or Joey Biden, I suppose as serious as a serious, credible threat. Yeah. If I were in Taiwan, I would be very serious. If you want to ever see a free Taiwan, I guess now's your chance to visit because, um, this is, uh, I think, a test run. If Russia can take over the second largest nation in Europe, 40 million people, China can certainly just swamp Taiwan, and that's the end of her. And, and Sheila, for those who don't care about Ukraine, um, I remember it was some 20 years ago, Ukraine was convinced to uh, dismantle its nuclear program uh, because with the guarantee that, well, the, NATO has your back, and I don't see any movement by NATO right now, so I, I'm sure they're suffering from buyer's remorse, then where do we draw the line? Uh, do you think Putin will stop at the Ukraine? Will it be then no. Hungary, uh, Poland? Moldova, Yeah, Poland. He's already said parts of uh, Moldova, Pol parts of Poland belong in greater Ukraine, and they're and if greater Ukraine is now part of Russia, then parts of Poland are going to be parts of Russia. He is going to flex his muscles in the entire region. Yeah, it's like a giant game of risk, isn't it? Uh, but except that it's real and there are there's going to be so much bloodshed. Unbelievable. <sighs> Trump's gone for two years and the Soviet Union is just back. Yeah. Back in the USSR. You can put that as the theme now. Yeah. Uh, tri Trifia Proton Proton Mail gives us a ten bucks. Neil here, could we get Daniel Bosch and Car Painter on the show to settle their differences? Would be entertaining. I don't know who either one of those people are, <laughs> and um, I'm sorry. I just focus. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. Sorry, I don't often go back and read the live chat. Sometimes I'll go back and read the like the messages or the um, YouTube comments. But uh, Mr. Producer reliably informs me that those people argue in our uh, live chat with each other. And um, do you know what? Sort it out like gentlemen. Um, agree to disagree. This is a free speech place. Just as long as you don't start dividing our people into the different factions of team Daniel and team Carpenter. Pistols um, at dawn, I say, Sheila. <laughs> you know what? I went to dueling pianos and there was no dueling. And I was a little disappointed. I didn't even get an argument. <laughs> um, and that's not a joke. I was like, when does the fighting start? But there was no fighting. Um, Harper will always be my PM, gives us two bucks. I'm truly amazed to hear baby JT will actually give his new power back so early. He didn't give it back. <laughs> it was a going to be a public relations blunder. Uh, wonder if the woke U.S. Army will ever use EV tanks or EV jets to send troops on EV trucks. You know, the wokeism infecting militaries. Oh. Those chickens are coming home to roost real, real fast. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty being, sure the Russians don't care about that stuff. You're right. Instead of being taught how to fight, now they're obsessed with making sure the members of the U.S. Armed Forces take uh, critical race training theory. Yeah. 
So, <laughs> you know, and it, it's bad everywhere in, in things that are really, really important where you need to like not be focused like a laser beam on those things, but you have to be focused on public safety. Yeah. Um, for example, I think I'm not sure if it got published yesterday, but I wrote up something because somebody leaked me a CBSA email. And once a month they get these um, it's like a newsletter about how not to be racist or how to be more woke. And <laughs> yesterday's one that came out to the poor suffering people of the CBSA Atlantic region oh. was about white fragility and white, I forget, white allyship or something like that. I really forget because it was just a lot of words that I would never use um, except to make fun of them. And one of them was like, um, white saviorism and they just they actually described like volunteerism as white saviorism and there was another thing and basically it described like getting along with your diverse colleagues in the workplace and not <laughs> fighting with them that was a problem they said no no you need to be confrontational about these issues and and uh, white people tend not to be confrontational about this stuff well, yeah, because sometimes you get called racist apropos of nothing. So you just sort of avoid that. But secondarily, it's called being workplace appropriate. I don't think you should be fighting about race issues in the workplace, in a normal workplace. But this was this email that went out to the CBSA. Um, and so we wrote it up because it was so unbelievably woke. But I thought, you know, is this really like, is this really what our border guards should be concerning themselves with? I'm not so sure. And, and Sheila, white fragility, did you say? Is that what happened to that uh, Olympic skier who had his private parts frozen on his last run? Is, is, is that what you're getting at here? I didn't watch the Olympics, so I don't even know anything <laughs> about that ridiculous story. <laughs> I did not watch the genocide Olympics at all. I guess when Are you're only wearing, on? I guess when you're only wearing uh, spandex when it's minus twenty or whatever, <laughs> those uh, those boys can get damaged. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, anyway, <laughs> let's keep going. John Entwistle gives us twenty bucks. Cash is king. Do not leave anything in a Trudeau-controlled bank or credit union. That's what mattresses are for. There's a lot of that happening. My cousin is a bank manager and he was like, you have no idea the people. I was talking to him yesterday um, and he said, like, you have no idea the amount of pe people who are coming. And it's a small town bank, right? Yeah. He said, you, people are just coming in scared, wanting to take out their money, not knowing what to do with it because they're worried that they're going to be debanked because of their politics, which is really, it, it hap it's happening. So they're right to be scared. And you know, Sheila, I wonder, because there's all these whispers about a run on the banks. Um, and I wonder what the amount really is when, when you follow, the, is it millions? Is it billions? Uh, because we keep hearing these anecdotes. You just said that, you know, manager in a small town bank saying you have no idea. I know of one woman that gave a $25 uh, uh, donation to the um, Freedom Convoy. Uh, she took her life savings out of the bank last week, 40 grand. She literally has more confidence with her money under a sofa than she does at one of the big five Canadian banks. This is amazing, Sheila, you know, that... And again, did you ever see this happening? Remember in the financial crisis of 2008, when you saw banks failing in the United States, suddenly the coolest financial institutions in the world were the Canadian banks, the big five Canadian banks, you know, 
stodgy conservative. Guess what? Stodgy and conservative. That was a cool thing. Uh, when That's how banks I like are... my money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now, thanks to our prime minister and his thugs going after or saying they're going after Canadians who funded something that was perfectly legal when the donation was made. Again, changing the rules in the bottom of the ninth inning, there might indeed be a run on the banks. Uh, the Canadian banks, those solid, stodgy, conservative, big five banks as we speak. Uh, this is all on Justin Trudeau, Sheila. Yes. Uh, by the way, I went and looked back up that email that I was leaked by the CBSA employee long-suffering from the Atlantic region. And it's white solidarity, which means you could swap that out with getting along with your your coworkers in the workplace, regardless of race. They found that uh, problematic. And also the email goes on to label um, movies like Avatar problematic because it's white saviorism. Those were blue aliens, but okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the blind side where a white family reaches across racial lines to uh, adopt a young black man and he goes on to do great things. And that was, um, I guess, a, a bad thing. Isn't that amazing? Because everything is bad. You know, Sheila, so in other words, a movie that depicts white people as non-racist, i.e. adopting a black man so that he can pursue his football career, that's considered negative. You know, the left is so insane right now, Sheila. They have gone it's back crazy. in time to approving segregation, approving apartheid. I understand there's a school board in the U.S. Um, and they now have three separate school board meetings, depending on if you're white, if you're a visible minority, or if you're part of the LGBTQ plus 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 community. Uh, that is segregation. That's what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. fought against. He must be rolling in his grave right now, Sheila, but this is what the left embraces now. Please educate me. Explain how this is anti-racist. Oh, well, it's the same thing as feminists now saying like, oh, no, that, that man that wants to come in your bathroom, yeah. that's fine. And I'm like, I remember when feminists were all about women's only spaces, Yeah, which is like maybe the one thing I agree with them on. Um but now they're like, no, no, that man, he can he can play on your team. He can pee right beside you. It's perfectly fine. That's that's feminism. Just like how anti-racism is now uh, the new segregation. It's very strange. Very or, strange. Or, this is why we need to resist the rewriting of definitions for sure. Or in Canada, Sheila, that man can reside with you in a federal prison simply for saying, I'm a chick. Uh, even though he has all his uh, male genitalia attached, even though he's not taking hormone therapy, even though uh, the guy looks like a guy, he merely has to say, I identify as female and bang, you're in a cell next to a woman who might have had a history of sexual abuse against her. And that's OK. That's OK. Uh, where are the feminists when it comes to this issue? How did transgenderism become such a prevalent thing that it's really we have the tail wagging the dog vigorously these days, Sheila. Yeah, there's some strong social contagion there. And again, I'm one of those people that just live your life, but don't involve me at, yeah. <laughs> at all. I, I don't care. Um, 
until such time as you make me care or use the government to make me care. Yeah. Um, but this is fully entrenched. I know we're on a big tangent, but this is already fully entrenched in the Canadian uh, prison system. I wrote up an article last week where they were the federal government is looking to hire somebody who works in uh, gender identity disorder for the women's prison. Uh, I, I forget which women's prison it is because they just listed the prison on the RFP, the request for proposal. So I'm like, what what prison? Who who is in that prison? It's the women's prison. And, and Sheila, you remember we covered that story, a protest of um, mostly yeah. women outside of the Kitchener uh, fe female penitentiary in Ontario. And to show you how insane their policy is, one of the protesters was a trans person. She right. was saying this is wrong, right? I mean, <laughs> when you even have members of the trans community saying, no, no, no. These dudes just pretending to be chicks? That's not right. Who are yeah. we listening? Who, who is uh, Corrections Canada getting their uh, uh, policy talking points from, Sheila? The activists. And the activists never speak for the entire community. They're yeah. just the loudest people and the most media savvy ones. And they know how to get out in front of a camera. But they don't speak for the normal trans people whatsoever. The normal trans people who, for them, they're just like... I just want to be left alone, too. I just yeah. want to live my life however I see fit. I just want to walk my dog and cut my grass. Perfect. Me, too. It, but it's always the activists who are getting all the airtime and making everybody look crazy, by the way. You're they so right. They're not They're not good role models. Uh, <laughs> let's keep going. Uh, Harper will always be my PM. Gives us two bucks. I wonder if GoFundMe money has to go to JT's foundation for climate causes. I doubt Putin or Xi will be all smiling, planning wars of Mr. Harper and Mr. Trump uh, were in charge talking with those two blokes. I remember um, Harper told Putin to his face, get out of Ukraine. Um, <laughs> Justin Trudeau would never do that. People ignore him, actually, at these international summits. He, does, he doesn't get to sit with the cool kids. He puts out his hand to, be sh to have it shaken, and people just sort of ignore him and pull away. He leans over to talk to someone, and they turn away and like it's like a bad junior high cafeteria incident every time Justin Trudeau goes to a G20 meeting um <laughs> but it would be it's it's it would be genuinely much different now with regard to the GoFundMe money it's been refunded they just gave it all back they were going to give it to approved charities um which would have meant BLM and uh the Sierra Club probably um but they refunded it after because that would have been stealing yeah. And Sheila, by the way, speaking of Justin and approved charities and donations, um, is the WE charity still accepting money these days? You know, it's funny because that email from the CBSA that I wrote up, they even took a sideways swipe at uh, the WE organization for Whoa. their work in Africa, calling it volunteerism. So <laughs> I was like, you know what? I can agree with these people on this the same way I can agree with <laughs> radical feminists on women's only spaces. You know, you you can reach across the aisle to agree with people if you sit down and listen to them. And I was like, yep, I'm with you on those crooked. More proof burgers. in the pudding, uh, Sheila, that uh, the old saying, uh, even a broken clock is correct twice a day. <laughs> yep. Oh, great. Paul Otto Newman corrects me in a, in a subsequent super chat, but I'm glad because I struggle with this kind of stuff. Um, 
gives us a buck. I bet if BLM blocks railways again and loots stores, those useless Ottawa or OPP cops will stand doing nothing and watch gangs smashing cop cars. They'll take a knee. They'll take a knee. Yeah, and uh, uh, and believe it or not, uh, speaking of useless police forces, can you imagine, folks, there is the CN police and CP police, which seem to be all about trying to stop uh, hobos from hopping aboard a boxcar or kids spray painting um, uh, trains. But when it comes to, oh, you know, getting an illegal blockade off the railroad tracks, they turtle. Unbelievable. Uh, Paul Otto Newman gives us a buck, and uh, I should be paying him for correcting my pronunciation of Eric <laughs> Milka. Thank you. Again, it's one of those words that I've only ever read. I've never had the misfortune of being forced to say out loud. Um, there's a lot of those. Um, Eric Milka was the Minister of State Security in the GDR later during the pandemic. The German government used ex-Stasi bosses to help impose restrictions on the German populace. You know, practice makes perfect, as they say. Yeah. <clears throat> Reed Giroux gives us five bucks. Go Rebel News. Paul S. sends us five bucks. Paul Otto Newman gives us another buck. I should be paying you, Paul. You're correcting my pronunciation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did you see Senator Don Neil Pletz? Incredible speech in the Canadian Senate yesterday. It's a bit lengthy, but it's definitely worth the watch. I didn't, but I will watch it. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate that. I like Don Platt. He's a, a conservative House leader in the Senate, I think. Uh, Annalisa, 1964. David Menzies, super fan. <laughs> president of the David Menzies fan club. We should give her a card. Ezra's got that laminating machine. We should laminate one for Annalisa. <laughs> Make her the president of the Dave Menzies fan club. Uh, 20 bucks. Hello, my favorites. Great job covering the trucker freedom convoy. Looking hot stuff today, Menzies and wow. Sheila. Beautiful as always. <laughs> Keep up the great work. Well, thanks. I think Thank I you. forgot. To Thank take you, a Annalisa. Pin out of my hair. I can see it flashing. If I recall, um, Annalisa's in the Bonneville area of Alberta, right? Is she? Are what? you? Am I am I spreading uh, fake news, uh, Annalisa? I'm, I'm not trying to uh, dupe you into sending another uh, super chat, but I, I think that was mentioned once. But uh, I stand to be corrected. Let me know because sometimes I'm up in and around the Bonneville area. My husband does a lot of work up there, and we quad there in the uh, summertime. So uh, let me know. I would uh, love to meet Annalisa, the super fan, uh, David Menzies fan club president in person. In 1986, I got a huge speed we ticket go. in Bonneville, <laughs> <laughs> Sheila, and I didn't have the money. So I was sentenced to three days of picking up trash. I had to work off my fine. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> you were on the chain gang uh, AMT 60 gives us a buck did you notice that one politician said that half the politicians are under the world economic forum and when he asked which ones were under the world economic forum the speaker said the sound and video were bad he was accused of misinfo I think that was a member of the public had given their question to an MP, and the MP was asking on behalf of the member of the public, their constituent, and uh, then all of a sudden it was disappeared, which was doesn't do much for my sense of conspiracy, that's for sure. And then it was, yeah, bad audio, bad audio. It's, it, it's amazing, that. Sheila, because, I mean, I remember last year I just – 
happened to be listening to News Talk 1010 on my uh, way to uh, somewhere, and somebody was calling to defend Rebel News, just a, a listener on the station, and suddenly the audio went, oh, we've lost that caller, and this host <laughs> had the audacity to say, all you conspiracy theorists out there who think that we purposely dropped the call because it was supporting yeah. Rebel News, no, uh, it, it really was dropped. It reminds me of, I think it was a Seinfeld episode, I think it was Elaine, uh, from Seinfeld when she was having a, a difficult conversation. So she starts, um, she takes her hair dryer and starts <laughs> blowing it into the, I, oh, I'm driving on, under a tunnel right now. We're losing reception. Is that the yeah. game that's being played right now, Sheila? <laughs> yeah. What? You're defending, caller, are you there? Uh <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't argue his point. Had to terminate no. the call and pretend it was uh, uh, technical difficulties. And yeah, kind of funny that, eh, Sheila? Because News Talk 1010, like so many other woke stations, it's owned by Bell Media. Hey, let's talk. Unless we don't like the talk, then we hang up. Yeah. <laughs> it's, this is another instance of cutting out a man's tongue because you fear what he might say. And that's the uh, digital equivalent of hanging up on someone. Um, okay. Let's keep going. Harper will always be my PM gives us a buck. JT will probably investigate the useless RCMP like he did his SNC-Lavalin. And Dave, any news on the lazy RCMP gang for slamming you into a wall uh, for the princess's Christmas party? Well, all I can tell you is I think uh, we have launched legal action. And it will be months, if not another year, before there's anything tangible to uh, talk about, whether it's an out-of-court settlement or if it's going to go to trial. Um, Sheila, do you know anything more about uh, the case other than what I just said? No. Yeah. Nope. That's all I got. It's, you know, things are winding, winding. It's just the pandemic, as they say, slows everything down. Isn't that convenient? The courts were already backlogged before this bloody pandemic. Yeah, of course. But folks, I'll tell you now. You, oh, this is the backlog from hell, thanks to the pandemic and uh, all the virtual court sessions, which can be a nightmare, um, I tell you. But anyways, I promise when we get news about that, I will report it. Okay, I'm just looking up something here. Oh, I don't want to subscribe to Canada's newsletter. Um <laughs> It's in the National Telegraph in 2020, though, but they link back to something. But I don't want to subscribe to Canada's newsletter. Um, it, the ne I'm just looking up the answer to the next question. So Joyful from the Heart gives us a buck. In 2020, didn't Freeland ask the Canadian people how she can access money sitting in bank accounts of the wealthy since they can't use it since there was a pandemic? Hmm. In an interview with BNN, Business News Network, Minister of Finance at the time, Christopher Freeland, pondered the idea of trying to gain access to, quote, hoarded cash that people had saved during COVID. In the BNN interview, she said, if people have ideas on how the government can act to help unlock that preloaded stimulus, I'm very interested. <laughs> Implying that the federal government may be open to anything from tax incentives to get Canadian spending all the way to directly taxing Canadian spending. So it's not that they would um, just reach in and scoop your cash as they are doing now, or at least freezing it, but uh, to tax your savings that you've already paid taxes on when you earned the money, by the way. So just tax on tax, like the carbon tax, really. 
it kind of sounds to me like a fancy way of saying wealth redistribution, and we know what kind of people buy into that malarkey. That red dress, I hate it so much, and she <laughs> bought it in like four colors. And I'm not, I'm not a fashion stylist. Obviously, I look like a. Uh, well, I buy my clothes at the farm supply store. That's not so, the one that we I, have that to That red dress, I think. <laughs> That's not the one we have to use that blue dot in case she sits down in a That's unladylike way. That's the problem way. with that dress. <laughs> I think she owns it in purple, black, white, or off-white. I think it's white, actually, and, which is daring. And that red. Um, and uh, they're all... There it is. Why? Why? God. I hate that dress so much. It, w- it might be flattering on someone else. You know what? You know what? It might be. You know, it's just you got to dress for your body type. That's what I learned a long time ago. I don't like to wear V-necks. I got a neck like a giraffe and then I look like a turtle. So, you know, there are things you just around your flaws and she is just not anyways let i can go I, I bet this is not good. a fashion show i bet she'd look good in a burka i'll tell you that much sheila david stop okay <laughs> let's get going um anyways i i went off too long on that and we're way past so harper will always be my pm gives us a buck i got a few mates in u.s police services as those guys actually risk their lives unlike lazy canadian cops my friend in lapd says people hate us because Joe loves gangs. Canadian cops volunteer to be hated. Again, I'm not anti-cop. I'm not anti-cop. And I think, uh, by and large, our cops are pretty highly trained. But we've thrown out all the good ones. And we promote the bad ones for bad reasons. For example, we've got gender quotas and diversity quotas in Canadian policing. And when you are promoting people for reasons other than their talent, their skill, their commitment, their ethics their leadership skills their their hard work if we're promoting people to positions of power who don't have that skill set simply to check a box that's when you end up with problems in policing and here we are and sheila one other angle that i noticed in ottawa it it was just so perversely ironic that the hard left types, the Antifa types, the people that just last year were having campaigns to defund the police. Remember that? They're now the cheerleaders yeah. for the police. They're going, come on, whack them and stack them. Get those freedom people out of Dodge as soon as possible. Unbelievable. Suddenly, when the police can be used as useful idiots for a cause that they're against, they're totally pro-blue. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, Ned Zeppelin, I love that name. (laughs) (laughs) Five bucks says, love your broadcast. Thanks very much. Uh, Designer207 gives us 10 bucks. At this time, a more powerful tool for truckers would be to declare a trucking boycott of provincial capitals, ports, and train yards. Don't block them, but make it more expensive to move goods. Oh, that's coming anyways Uh, with the fuel prices soaring, be it a war in Ukraine or uh, new carbon taxes. So uh, careful what you wish for there. Yeah. Uh, G. Melinda G. gives us 60 bucks, 10 bucks. I love Rebel News. Well, thank you. Zero Enoch Zero. Gives us two bucks. Oh, this is our Israeli friend. Enoch the Salty Pretzel here just trying to trying out buying credit on Rumble here. The 20% Rumble takes sucks, but couldn't work out to 
how to buy on Odyssey, you know what? It's still 10% cheaper than what they did to you on YouTube. Yep. So I think YouTube was 30%. But again, it's Rumble's platform. They got to get paid somehow. That's right. So I'm, I'm not I'm not mad about it. Um, and it's it's still better than YouTube. Trini Canadian gives us two bucks. The left really abused the act in regarding enforcement. It is like this just because someone might give you permission to steal. It does not mean that you should do it. It's called using discretion. Mm. You know, the Emergencies Act is for Ukraine invasion level events. If that were happening in Canada, that's when you would invoke it. Pearl Harbor, 9-11, if the attack happened on our soil, um, not for... Horde honking, like horde honking and hockey scrimmages and soup kitchens and street parties. And uh, as I say, being annoying in a public place, which is the charge of mischief. Uh, Becca Henderson gives us a dollar. Thank you, David and Sheila. I went to a very leftist university and you guys kept me sane during my degree and my job at a woke organization. You've helped me solidify my conservative values. Thank you. Wow, that's so nice. Um David, we're doing the Lord's work here. Look at us. We're helping this lady. My question <laughs> is, which university is not leftist? I mean, is there a right of center university anywhere in North America anymore? <laughs> What's Prager U? <laughs> Hillsdale College. There's... I was going to say Hillsdale. I just couldn't remember the name. I was like, what's that one that Mark Levin loved? <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> uh, reality Check sends us 50 bucks. Thank you. Well, thanks very much. Appreciate that. Becca Henderson, dollar. Has Rebel heard from Alicia from the hair salon in St. Catharines? I'm from that area and I hope she's okay. I feel bad about how she has been demonized by the local news and by the rest of Canada. David, do you have an update from her? You should check in on her. I don't. Um, it's been months since I heard from Alicia. That is a shocking story of the state uh, turning against her, uh, the uh, that horrible reporter with the St. Catherine Standard, LaFleche, um, basically, I think, my personal opinion, libeling her. Um, and that is definitely a story worthy of an update. I'll reach out to her again. I hope she's okay. Um, and she was a wonderful freedom fighter. And my goodness, for having the audacity to reinvent her salon. It was so brilliant as a film production studio to do makeup and haircuts for common citizens. The entire weight of the state and the mainstream media went against her. Meanwhile, literally in St. Catharines, there was a film being shot where the beautiful people of Hollywood, they can get that service done, not the common schleppers of St. Catharines. What a disgrace. And you know what? Thank you for putting that bug in my ear. I'm going to reach out to her later today. You know, that reminds me of Drea Humphrey in BC when they closed the churches for the pandemic, but then they opened the churches for movie shoots. So you can actually go in and worship uh, sincerely. But if you went in to pretend to worship sincerely, fine. That's perfectly fine. It's good. Wow. Ridiculous. Okie doke. Harper will always be my PM, gives us a buck. Canada could be as wealthy as Dubai with oil if we had a leader and not some trust fund baby with zero life experience in Ottawa. (laughs) Alberta could be infinitely wealthy if we didn't have to support the rest of the country's bad ideas. Trini Canadian 
$2. CNN is going to have a documentary special where they are trying to discredit Alex Jones and how he's a conspiracy theorist. Yet CNN is not the greatest news source. CNN, I would love to do a documentary or have somebody do a documentary on CNN and their uh, whole Russia collusion disinfo. They spent like three, four years on that. The president was impeached twice once oh. after he was president over that garbage. And it was a fake, fake, fake from beginning to end. And I hope Hillary Clinton goes to prison for it. Oh, Sheila, come on, man. Don't kick a network when it's down. Have you seen <laughs> CNN's ratings lately? <laughs> They're CBC-esque, aren't they? <laughs> Uh, Harper will always be my PM gives us a buck. I wonder if the U.S. Army General will ID will ID as her and she to Putin just to clarify if he is a girl or guy. Oh, I think you mean about the wokeism infecting. Yeah. Um, Trini Canadian, a dollar team, Sheila and David on Amazing Race would watch that. David, that would be so fun, right? I, I, I'm too fat. I wouldn't be able to keep up with you, Sheila. <laughs> We'll let you ride your bike. <laughs> oh, then I'm in. <laughs> yeah. We could go around the world solving riddles. I could do that. Like Ed Enigma, a.k.a. Yeah. The Riddler. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should. I'm going to see when the like auditions are for it. That okay. would be fun. We should do it. Count me okay. In. Uh, okay, perfect. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to start training my replacement for a couple of weeks. Um, History Club World, five bucks. As Russia is now invading Ukraine, it reminds me of the beginning of World War II when Hitler got the German majority regions of Czechoslovakia and then went all out and got all of it a few months later. Yeah. That's an interesting parallel. I hope uh, that doesn't come to fruition, but would it surprise you? No, it's the same rhetoric. It's literally the same rhetoric where they're saying uh, there's no distinction between Russians and Ukraine. So we're just going to take Ukraine because they are our people, too. And the Ukrainians are saying, uh, nope, <laughs> we're not. Yeah. Um, it's it's a very similar parallel. And as you said earlier, Sheila, uh, Moldavia, which uh, Putin believes is now or at least part of it is identifying as Ukraine. Therefore, it's Russian. Uh, by the way. Um, is this meeting the benchmark of a minor or major invasion when it comes to President Biden, Sheila? Because we all know he was OK with a minor one. Yeah. And I think he was vice president when Russia annexed Crimea. Yeah. So, I mean, they just waited till he was the guy in charge, I guess, because they didn't do anything last time. Harper will always be my PM gives us a buck. Says, I guess my foster parents must be racist as they're black and adopted me, being white, welcoming me to their home. My new parents and two sisters all cannot stand the BLM gang and racist BS lines. Wow. Isn't that something? great um annalisa 1964 says she is in cold lake so you were very close oh, just okay, up the then. road from bonnieville is there still a military base there isn't there some aircraft yeah clark yeah okay yeah clark cold lake air weapons range uh do a lot of drilling up there it's oil yes. sands country uh becca henderson gives us a buck dr herji the niagara public health doctor is calling for tax breaks for the vaccinated, oh, we must unleash Tamara on this. 
<laughs> she is like the public health watcher yeah. uh, of Ontario. Like if anything happens in the greater sort of south central Ontario region um, and a public health officer did it, she's all over it like white on rice. She does great work on that file. Oh, yeah. Harper will always be my PM gives us a buck. Princess Freeland, that dress may be better on you in a different size. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That is the point that I was awkwardly trying to make. Maybe, Maybe it... you know, no. some people shrink when they get older. Some people go the other way, but it's okay to adjust your clothing size accordingly. That's all I have to say. It's reality. Maybe it shrank in the wash, the dress. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I hate it so much. I hate it so much. Oh, it makes the claws me nervous. Are out. Look at Sheila Gunn. No, her dress <laughs> makes me nervous. It makes me nervous is all. I feel like I'm going to see things that I don't want to see. I'm already seeing things I don't want to see. That's the problem. Size up. Anyway. Anyway, uh, Stephen D. James, five bucks. I don't think that anyone appreciates people making threats to politicians in the chats. I agree. You may not like them or agree with them. Please be respectful. Yeah, we are anti-threatening violence. Yeah, because me, we. Go ahead. Yeah, to me, Sheila, that means you've lost the argument. You can't argue it on its merits if you're doing ad hominem attacks. If you are threatening violence, you've lost the debate. Simple as that. Yeah. Well, and. People have repeatedly tried to solve their political disagreements with our journalists, including myself and David, through violence. So we are anti-political violence of any form, whether it's to someone you like or someone you don't like. That's not what you do in a free society. If someone has a bad idea, you meet their bad idea with more speech and more ideas. You don't meet it with a fist. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, David Bird, 14, 10 bucks. The BC church fires from a year ago, I believe, are now dropped. May want to double check. Do not want to be labeled as misinformation. Actually, one of them is being sentenced today. Um, and Dre is on that story. But you won't. It's one of those things that you won't hear about in the mainstream media because that didn't happen, according to them. There weren't over 50 church fires last year. It was just uh, just, uh, just nothing. It was nothing. It was just yeah. nothing. The most overlooked, underreported story of 2021, Sheila, by a landslide. Yep. Yep. J.D. Bedbrook gives us five bucks. Sheila, have you thought about running for parliament? You would have my vote. No. Yes. No. I've thought about it and immediately said no. <laughs> and people have, and not that I have thought about it like personally, people have forced me to think about it through their constant badgering. And and I'm not saying that you're badgering me. I appreciate that you think that I'm capable of that. People around me like to badger me about this sort of stuff. And I think that my job is best on the outside holding politicians to account. I don't like politicians. I don't want to be one. Sheila, you would be an all-star. I know the big boss man. He's uh, urging that. I'm urging that. And it makes me wonder, is there a skeleton in Sheila Gunn-Reed's closet that she doesn't want exposed should you run for office? Because I can't think of anything. You are overqualified to be an MP or a senator. I want to hold politicians to account. I think they're all a bunch of liars. Um, and I think it's my job to work from outside the system to hold these liars to account on behalf of the normal people, of which I am one. I don't want to be one of them ever, 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 never, ever, <laughs> okay. never, ever, ever. Okay. Anyway. Does so that mean no? Chat, we're like... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I think that's a hard no. <laughs> Trini Canadian gives us a buck and says, don't make me put AD between you and David to separate you two. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that is the end of the show. It is 1134 out here in Alberta, 134 um, in the center of the universe in Toronto, which means it is 34 minutes past David's last feeding time. Uh, So we should wrap up the show. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Sheila. And thank you, folks, for tuning in. A special thank you for all of you who contributed financially to us. That's how we keep this studio going. Uh, Sheila and I will be back in this space at this time on Tuesday, tomorrow, a couple of other rebels uh, will be in this space and in the meantime folks stay sane dear prime minister trudeau i want to speak to you today about your current approach to and treatment of our fellow canadians who are protesting your federal vaccine mandates they have asked to meet with you prime minister medical experts top scientists doctors nurses parents grandparents intelligent, loving, concerned citizens, why won't you sit with them? If you are so convinced of your own reasons for the mandates, sit down and walk the leaders of a group of 2.3 million protesters across the country who represent many millions more across the nation and explain it to them and ask them to listen with open hearts and minds and then reciprocate. Listen to what they have to say with a mind open to hearing things that might go against the ideas you are entrenched in. Maybe there are solutions that could bring Canadians together right now that you have not considered. You unify people by finding solutions together, not by vilifying those who say there is a better way. What we need right now from our leadership is unification, and that requires being willing to see, recognize, and hear from the people sitting out in the cold at your door And if you think that there is no sense, no intelligence, and no humanity in those people, please listen to Needlepoints by Norman Deutsch, a vaccinated psychiatrist and psychoanalyst who has painstakingly and comprehensively laid out why these protesters are not unreasonable or unjustified in having great concern over the current state of vaccination affairs. Or better yet, go outside and meet those protesters for yourself. That is what a true leader would do. They would go out and meet their constituents, look them in the eye, and treat them with respect. I have heard firsthand accounts from people in Ottawa saying that they have had local Ottawa citizens come down to see for themselves the fury and destruction that is going on in their own city, only to find thousands of people singing, dancing, hugging, waiting patiently, speaking kindly, cleaning up the streets and generally sharing the true Canadian spirit. They have been mystified because you and the corporate media have painted a very different picture. You as a group have gone from ignoring these protesters to dismissing them as a fringe minority, to smearing them as racist and misogynistic, to now attacking them as terrorists. When you became Prime Minister of Canada, You did not just become the Prime Minister of the people who agreed with you. You became Prime Minister of every Canadian. You don't get to pick and choose who you will care about. It is your civic duty to care about all Canadians, even those who you disagree with. Treating them with prejudice, suspicion, and illegal repression is not care. 
protesting something that deeply, deeply concerns you in our society is not terrorism. It is the civic duty of every Canadian. It is our job as the people to hold our leadership accountable if they are infringing on our inalienable rights, if we suspect that they have become corrupted or compromised in any way, or simply if we think they're wrong in monumental decisions they are making on behalf of their people. But you are treating my brothers and sisters, your constituents, like terrorists without ever speaking to their leadership. There are no riots. This is not a violent protest. There is only a mass of deeply concerned citizens at your doorstep who you refuse to acknowledge for what they are, your people. To everybody listening, everybody, people who disagree with the mandates and people who agree with them, if you think that the person on the other side of this divide is your enemy, please take time to get to know them. Listen with an open heart to what they're really saying. And remember that we're all humans who get scared and feel pain. And most of us are just trying our best to build the brightest future for the next generation and the happiest, most fulfilling, most peaceful and healthy today. Don't let the press brainwash you into division and hatred. The antidote to prejudice is knowledge. Because of the algorithmic way your Google searches are filled, it can be very hard to find good information on the other side. Ask someone you know. If you could share five things with me that would explain your point of view, what would they be? I want to listen to them. This is what I do, and it has kept me sane through all of this insanity. Listening is the only way out of the ideological mess the media has broiled us all into. May cooler, wiser, more loving heads prevail right now. The future of our society depends upon it.